All right, let's sail into our Friday afternoon with uh, the man, the myth, the legend that is Dennis Stewart and Health Naturally. G'day, mate. How are you doing? I'm very well, Buck. That was a remarkable introduction you made then. Well, we haven't done one of those for a while. Superlative. So, you know, so Keep next, saying it. Keep watch out for next it. week. Next week will be freaking huge. It'll be a long one, all right? Well, oh, okay. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Today, though, um, amongst taking some calls so from you, 49216216, Dennis, we'll continue the discussion that you kicked off last week, some of the potential benefits of the tomato, as long as it's cooked, though. That's the point. Yeah. And uh, the reason I'm uh, taking it up again today is that we had a disproportionately large group of people ringing my clinic at New Lambton wanting further clarification on what we took up last week when we uh, discussed at an introductory level some of the potential benefits, particularly for males, of the regular eating of the common tomato which to many people is, is a big laugh. How can a tomato be anything else than a salad vegetable? Well, you and I have frequently made the statement on this program that it has been known for thousands of years that food is your best medicine, and tomato is one of them. And essentially, if you missed last week, we can wrap it up in one sentence. More pizzas with more tomato, that tomato paste on there. You'll be, you'll be well, living You would on. like that particularly, Mark. <laughs> Absolutely. Bev, as you have done from Cessnock today, thank you so much for your patience there. You have a reflux issue for Dennis to try and carve up today. Yes, I certainly do. Um, good afternoon, Dennis. Hello, um, Bev. Um, I, have, I suffer from reflux yes. really bad. Yes. I've just had a, I went to a gastroenterologist and um, he put me on a, a, a drug called Pentoparazidol. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, he started me off on 40 milligrams and mm. he stopped me back to 20. Yes. I've had a a gastroscopy, yes. um, and he found that I had a hiatus hernia. hernia yes. Yeah. Now oh, my reflux is so bad yes. I, at night time, especially. Yes. I'm just thinking, you know, he said these drugs are quite, you know, harmful. The harsh, harsh drugs, he yes. believed, but um, he didn't say to try anything else. And um, I'm just thinking maybe I need to go down the natural way, you okay. know, um, because it's really bad, seriously okay. bad. What your um, gastroenterologist has told you is correct. The bracket of, of drugs that he was talking about were very popular in the management of reflux, but they've fallen out of favour somewhat lately um, as problems associated with them have, have arisen. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be too much emerging uh, within mainstream medicine to take their place because a lot of the older uh, remedies have either been forgotten or no longer manufactured. To that, to that extent, uh, some years ago, I took that on board. I could see this coming, actually, and, and developed a product called Reflux Relief, which is based on two key principles. One of the oldest and most reliable um, medications, if you like, that was used within pharmacy and medicine some time ago is what's called magnesium trisilicate. If, okay. you, if you have a pencil and pen, you can write yep. that down. Okay. Magnesium trisilicate. Um, M A G. That's just magnesium. M A G N E S I U M. Trisilicate. T R I S I L I C A T E. Okay. It was a very popular substance and may linger here and there within over the counter pharmacy preparations. I'm not sure. But I did a lot of work on that and it really does work and it really does help. On the other hand, the leading herb that's used within. Um, my profession, Western medical herbalism, is a European herb called meadow sweet. 
Meadowsweet. You can spell that. It's botanical name. Yeah, Its botanical name is Philopendula ulmeria. But all you have to do is remember its uh, its um, its common name. Now, in the product called Reflux Relief, both those substances are represented to get together with uh, the herb licorice, which has a, a buffering effect on the gut wall and yep. lessen some inflammatory activity which can yep. creep in with reflux. Always, however, with licorice, and I say this to, to listeners generally as well as practitioners, always with licorice, work within the therapeutic range because licorice, whilst it's perfectly safe within the therapeutic range, can create problems when it is uh, over-prescribed. It can okay. lead to an elevation of blood pressure and, and a reduction in your okay. potassium level. But in the product reflux relief, it's represented in a useful level. Yep. And, and also, there is some marshmallow in the formula, which is very similar to slippery elm. Oh, okay. Slippery okay. elm and marshmallow share the common principle of being protective agents on the gut wall. So mm -hmm. th put those three principles together. I know I'm winding this up a bit, but you need no. to know why. Uh, putting yep. these three principles together the magnesium trisilicate, representing an old pharmaceutical substance, together with meadow sweet, the leading okay. herb, and yep. then buffering it with licorice and marshmallow in yep. the preparation called reflux relief, and you've got a good um, a, a ability to address it. Yep. I would suggest you go down that way in the interlude. In the interlude. So where do I get that from? Where would uh, I get that? You get it from Bowen's. Okay. And yep. um, okay, yeah, in, in Cessnock, yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's in Cessnock. Yep. Uh, but yep. go to your pharmacy also because sometimes using uh, the herb slippery elm on it, on its own uh, is a very useful agent and perhaps yep. should be tried before you go down the pathway of okay. using the product that I mentioned. Either way, you'll get a good result. Oh, God, to get something. I, I just, night time is so bad. It's, I, it's, I, I can't. I'm sucking on everything, trying to get that burn feeling out of my throat. Oh, no, no, um, I don't have heartburn. Yeah, I don't good. have heartburn. I just have reflux. That's, yep. not, that's not good. No. All, all I can say is that that, that product that I mentioned yep. has helped many, many, many people. Um, and I'll try anything. I know. And look, uh, when you're at uh, Bowen's, talk to them about it. I'm sure they will be able to explain how to take it. But I would start off just taking five grams of the preparation daily. It's a powdered preparation yep. and, and work from there. All right, best of luck with everything, Bev. Now, uh, Dennis, I know you wanted to talk tomatoes today. In fact, Terry at Cameron Park, um, that's where we're going to head with you, mate. What's the story? Um, mate, isn't tomato also known as the love apple? Um, look, I have heard that terminology used. How, how, how accurate is I'm not particularly sure. In other words, it doesn't come up in the technical literature as having uh, uh, the property of being an aphrodisiac, but in folk medicine it may well be uh, called that. Uh, I, um, I don't promote it as such because it's, it would get me into trouble. But um, if you want to call it that, well, that's fine. <laughs> Thanks for that. So we've kind of cleared that up for you, Terry, I hope. G'day, Paul at Islington. Um, we're looking at uh, some uh, a skin cancer question for you today. What's the story, Paul? Um, yes, I'm uh, just wondering if there's any herbal um, concocted cream that you can actually put on skin cancer sores. Okay, now when you're talking about the skin cancers, uh, presumably they have been looked at and managed and treated medically? 
Um, no, no, they haven't. I haven't seen a doctor about them at all. Um, I've been living with it for a couple of years now, and uh, the sores are getting um, larger and deeper now. Uh, okay. I tried different things, trying to get mm. a cream with silver in it or something like that, you know, but um, mm. no. Paul, anything that, um, oh, first of all, has the condition, the skin condition, been diagnosed as a cancer? Oh, there's no doubt about it, Dennis. Um, I'm 67, mate, and uh, okay. uh, it's, well, look, it's very itchy. It's yeah. swollen. Uh, it's actually getting deeper in regards to depth of sore, okay. you know what I mean? Well, I, you would expect me to say what I'm going to say, and that is any cancer needs to be medically uh, assessed and appropriately treated. Um, there would be nothing that I could uh, recommend um, for a cancer, particularly a skin cancer, because they can be very, very um, problematical. I know a little bit about it because I've had one or two uh, cancers, uh, a basal cell, and um, one a little bit more serious than that. Paul, go and get some look, uh, looking at it first by your GP. In its early stage, it's probably well manageable. Uh, once the, a treatment has been carried out, you can uh, help the skin uh, repair just by using some simple calendular ointment. But let me emphasize, that is not a treatment in any way for skin cancer. It may be useful to heal any damage associated with any treatment arising from it. But please take my recommendation, get it looked at. Skin cancer is more dangerous than what people think. And very frequently, they're underestimated as far as their potential life-threatening characteristics. Get it looked at, Paul. G'day, Anne at Mayfield. Uh, something's happening with the scalp for you. What's the story, Anne? Well, I did have severe dermatitis, I think you call it, yes. but it seems to be worse than that. It's okay. like a it's thicker and it's yeah. like a scale. It's getting it's like, worse. Like a crusty condition. Yes, yes. Okay. Look, it's, it sounds a little bit more like what's called psoriasis. And, it's, it can, mm-hmm. and psoriasis is a typical scaly dry scaly condition which very frequently occurs on the scalp it's uh, is the condition itchy or just scaly and dry yeah scaly and dry oh, okay usually if it's seborrheic dermatitis there's a degree of itch associated with it and uh, and it's not typically um very um, much characterized by scale or flakes as i'm calling it dermatologists of course might raise their eyebrows at what i'm saying but I know a little bit about it. What I suggest you do as a starting base, based on what you've told me, make a beeline to your pharmacy or even you can get this preparation from the supermarket. Um, I would suggest uh, you try a product called T-Gel. I've tried it. I've Have tried you? all the dentists. Yeah, I've tried them. And it, and it had, uh, how long did no. you try T-Gel for? Uh, probably two bottles. Okay, and it gave you no relief at all? No, not much. Okay, because usually and it's... I'll a... try to sell some as well. Yeah, usually that preparation does have um, some benefit. My next suggestion would be, um, if it is an inflammatory condition, uh, you uh, and, and because what I'm saying here is if it was T-gel, I would have expected that you would have got some relief. Uh, well, I'm sorry, if it was psoriasis... I uh, would have thought you would have got some relief by using that tar-based preparation. But if you haven't, it points more in the direction of a seborrheic dermatitis and you haven't had a lot of benefit from it. Look, 
go and get yourself some oil of evening primrose. Right? What? Now, oil of evening primrose is popularly used for dermatological conditions, and particularly eczema and dermatitis, whether it be anywhere on the body. It, it is also capable of being used on the scalp when massaged into the scalp. It has some useful anti-inflammatory and anti-itch characteristics, and I have actually used it in treating kids um, for whom putting an ointment or something on is a little bit unpleasant, but primrose oil has helped, sometimes remarkably. Uh, just okay. You can get hold of it very easily from your health food store. Get Just buy the bottle of it. You can get it in capsules, but getting it in a bottle is a little bit cheaper. Um, pour a little bit... How would you pour Well, look, if, first of all, with anything topical, whether it be on the scalp or on the body, always use what's called a patch test first. Now, I say that to listeners generally. Anything you purchase that you're going to put on the skin, regardless of whether it's been prescribed, uh, dispensed or supplied by a health food store, pharmacy or whatever, in my opinion, you should always do a little patch test because that checks your sensitivity uh, to the preparation. Not that that occurs very much. So start off by using some oil of evening primrose, a little patch test, say a 50 cent piece applied once, uh, left on, say, all day or overnight. If it's comfortable, as I suspect it is, massage it into the scalp a couple of times a week. Um, I've seen that work dramatically in as much that I had a student who had a condition similar to yours, and she would come to lectures on a, on a Saturday uh, down at the campus at uh, Arimba uh, with her hair dripping with oil of evening primrose and um, it helped her scalp dramatically. Try that first up. If you're not getting any result with that and persevere with it for a week or so, always patch testing as I've said. It shouldn't irritate. If it irritates, it's not for you. If that doesn't help, get hold of what's called the GA cream. GA cream. Now that is a cream that I developed and is available from my rooms and it is based um, on an extract of licorice, of all things, called glycorotinic acid that has characteristics similar to, uh, to cortisone but isn't cortisone and is used as a useful device for treating and alleviating the subacute con uh, stages of an eczema or a dermatitis. So there's two approaches, Jan. G'day, Jan at Fern Bay. We're still stuck on skin conditions. Eczema for you. What's the story with you, Jan? Yeah, actually, it sort of answered my questions with the last lady. Uh -huh. um, I had really, really bad um, sun damaged skin from yes. when, you know, I see a baby all years. Yes, yes, um, yes. I was listening to you about the oil of primrose. I've yes. tried every single, I've yes. had cortisone cream from the yes, dermatologist. Yeah, yeah. The GA cream, I'm having a look online, and you can get a GA6 cream or a GA12. I'm thinking that's the amount of glycolic acid in it. Okay. The, let me tell you a little bit about the history of the GA cream. As far as I'm aware, uh, I was the first to introduce it into Australia many years ago uh, as a result of my research on eczema and noting that uh, in some of the dermatology journals, the older issues of them, uh, mainstream dermatology journals, there were some useful articles on the role of glycorotinic acid, the active from licorice, in managing certain skin diseases, particularly eczema, in their various levels. And uh, glycorotinic acid, the preparation 
of the cream was based on the recommended level of 2% glycrotinic acid being uh, the active principle usually embedded in an aqueous cream, um, usually incorporating uh, some zinc. So I've always worked around that recommendation of a 2% presence of glycrotinic acid. There are two GA creams that uh, I took on board from the literature of years ago. The first one was for what you might uh, refer to as the lesser irritable levels. That's the ordinary GA. And then there, I developed what's called the GA complex or compound cream, which had a small amount of Pisces piney or pine tar uh, embedded in it also, which is excellent for when the condition has reached a very irritable stage. So I don't know the terminology you're using with reference to those other preparations, but the preparations that I use on my patients in corporate, as I've said, 2% GA and sometimes with some uh, uh, a pine tar or oil of cade. What I suggest you do, Jan, I'm happy to give you a jar of my GA cream free of charge. If you just um, contact the rooms at New Lambton, they'll send it to you. Get back and let me know how you went on. All right, best of luck, Jen. It's all happening at those healing rooms of yours, Dennis. It is, mate. Freebies. It is. It is. Look, if I don't get I'm back a to the, generous man, mate. If I don't get back to the course, I'll have to give your mobile phone number out to take some on the way home. G'day, <laughs> You'll Peter. You'll never see me again. <laughs> G'day, Peter at Lake Mamora. Um, arthritis is something you'd like to have a chat about today, Peter. Yes, thank you. Um, hello, Dennis. Hello, um, Peter. Uh, I... I Picked up um, from a couple of months ago where you um, focused on arthritis and you spoke about a particular combination of um, responses that you suggested, which was uh, six milligrams of fish oil, yep. some curcumin or yes. turmeric. Yes. And um, there was a third component. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was now. The question I've got about that is I looked at the reason I haven't included in what I'm taking. Yes. That when I looked it up, it said that if you suffer from hypertension, then it was it would be compounding that, so you shouldn't take it. Um, and so is there something else to add to that combination that um, would avoid that um, issue of having high blood pressure? Okay. Again, let me come back to the point that licorice is, is very safe so long as it's prescribed within its dose range. Its uh, highest dose from the British Herbal Pharmacopeia is uh, four, four, uh, four to five mils is the highest dose. I rarely prescribe it at that level. I usually prescribe it around about one mil, particularly when it's augmented by associated remedies. However, um, I don't see um, licorice as being mandatory in a formula dealing uh, with arthritis. The, prepara right. the preparations you're using, are they single preparations or are they in a blend or uh, what form? No, no, I'm taking single. So I've got, I've got um, uh, fish oil um, capsules, yes, so yes, 2,000 yes. 2, yes, uh, yes. milligrams. I'm taking yes, three yes, of those yes. and um, a, a curcumin um, tablet. Okay. Um, and actually, I found a fantastic relief just from that. Okay. Um, the, the reason that what I wanted to try and um, clarify around also is my, a friend of mine has tried the same things. He has great difficulty swallowing the tablets. So okay. we bought some liquid fish oil yes. and she couldn't stomach that. Yes, it's challenging. Um, the, 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 is there any small, because they're very large capsules, yeah. the fish oil capsules. Are the, there any well, smaller capsules available? What I'd say about that is one way around the liquid preparation, and I recommended this yesterday to one of my patients in my rooms at Newlampton, is get a, a little bottle of aniseed oil. 
Oh, okay. And uh, put two, maybe three drops, no more, of aniseed oil in the dose that you're taking. It is an agent that's very useful for buffering the taste of herbal medicines and other obnoxious things such as fish oil. Uh, A couple of drops, no more than a couple of drops, can camouflage the taste and might make it more uh, easier for her to take. I think go down that pathway first. But let me just say again, it is an essential oil and all essential oils can be problematical if they're over-prescribed. So I have deliberately emphasised I use aniseed oil as a a camouflaging agent, but rarely more than two, three drops in, Mm -hmm. in in a five mil dosage. However, what I would suggest, Peter, in your case, I'll get to you or you contact the rooms and and I'll send out something that might be useful for you to add to what you're doing. And that is a a particular herbal tea that I developed based on uh, willow bark and silver birch, a a formula that came out of Germany made famous during the Second World War when antiarthritic drugs were unavailable. This preparation came and functioned magnificently and uh, it's not popularly known, but where, where my patients use it, they very rarely use anything else. Contact the rooms. We'll happily send you out one as a, as a present from the stage. All right. Thanks uh, for that, Peter, and good luck with it. Tell you what, Dennis, a bit of a change for you today. Normally we you talk so often about uh, herbal preparations. They the, A lot of them don't taste that great, but that's a requirement almost. Now you're giving this old, old mate Peter something to mask the taste. Cups of tea. Uh, and earlier you had what, everything from licorice to marshmallow, I feel like, I mean, like a Daryl Lee shop. Mark, you have to be flexible. <laughs> you have to <laughs> All right. bend with the wind. you got to go with the, go with the flow, eh? Correct. Sue at Lambton, uh, you have a question on withdrawals for Dennis today. Yeah, hi, Dennis. Hello, Sue. How are you? Thank you. Ring for a friend. Yes. Um... Very severe withdrawal symptoms from nicotine and vaping. Um, Can you help? It sounds like your phone's a bit crook there, Sue. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, if you haven't got a... Can you help? Uh, Look, uh, Sue, what I would say is that there's no magic bullet for this, so to speak. Mm. Withdrawal is withdrawal. However, however, sometimes using um, herbs can buffer can buffer the coming down process. And uh, you may have heard me on this program refer to the writings of uh, Dr. Rudolf Weiss, uh, a a German doctor and great uh, medical herbalist. He passed on a number of years ago, but he wrote a book uh, entitled um, Herbal Medicine. That was the English translation of the name. And in in that book, he did speak about uh, a particular tincture of oats but what we're talking about here is the fresh head of the oat converted or extracted in, yep. in, a, in a menstruum of uh, what tincture strength, usually around about 45%. What it basically is is the fresh oat is taken, it's extracted with the correct solvent, converted into a liquid tincture, as they call it, and administered mm. in a low dose, probably around about one mil. Uh, one can still get an extract or a tincture of oats, but if you are purchasing it from from a herbalist, you must be sure that the preparation has been made on the green 
head of the oat, the active principles in it, which are alkaloids, would deteriorate to some degree if the oat was the ordinary dried preparation. It wouldn't have the same amount of benefit. Vice, okay. Vice claimed that that, how could you call it, had a, a calming effect, a soothing effect, whatever mm -hmm. you like to refer to it. He spoke of it as being potentially useful. So tincture of oats might be useful. Yeah, I try, I suggested um, um, some bark flowers. Yes, um, well done. Um, yes. But that's, you know, it's a cold turkey situation. and It's, it's a uh, difficult one, Sue. Yeah, but, it is difficult. I mean, it's bad enough that it, it it's hard enough that it's nicotine, yes. but the vape, vapes have got yes. so many even more nasties yeah. in it that it's um, very difficult. But Well, look, what, what you have done... Um, uh, by introducing the bark remedies is useful. It's a pity that the bark remedies are not more appreciated by herbalists and even uh, practising medicos and pharmacists. I'll talk about them one day, but I applaud you for trying those. I would still persevere with them. There is no easy way, and even my recommendation um, is, is unlikely to do too much, but it's harmless, and it may, it may contribute particularly with the bark remedy. All right, best of luck. Uh, Sue Dennis, we've run out of time. Uh, we'll have to talk tomatoes more next week. Oh, dear. I don't have to bring in another bottle of tomato sauce. Okay. <laughs> tomato okay. paste. I don't do tomato sauce, tomato paste. Well, though. there's interesting information on that, and I'll talk about that. You may be on the money, so to speak. Oh, <laughs> sounds good. Right, Dennis, you have a great weekend, all Thank right? You, Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.